Good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I am your host. And I have a cool dude joining us by the name of Jeremy Miner. Um, this guy is coming in from the, the tropical areas of Missouri. So stay with us. We'll be right back. And here we are. Let's bring Jeremy Miner in. Jay Miner. Ken, I am not that cool. You know, I'm, I'm taking all that as a compliment. My kids always say I'm pretty boring. So thanks for all the, <laughs> the nice words. Dude, you've got like beautiful hair. I'm, I, I'm, I mean, I'm here. I'm here. I'm experiencing some serious hair envy right now. I, you know what? We have a full set of hair in our family. My, you know, my grandfather till his passing day um great world war ii vet had a full set of hair man we there is no baldness in this family we were we were blessed with the hair gene i don't know what it is we just do it's awesome man i'm i i thought i thought the same thing until i hit about 47 and okay. man it started getting thin oh boy and now at 52 i'm like i have a built-in yarmulke now and Dude, I'm going to keep you posted. I haven't, I haven't got to that uh, level yet, but so far so good. Nobody in the family bald. We're just all like sick, full hair, you know, <laughs> just, you know, we don't even, you know, I don't have to have somebody come in and do my hair for me every day. I just, you know, whip it up and there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's the one talent that God gave me for sure. There you go. So, so, you know, I told you, I, I created this show. It's been about two and a half years now. Yeah. Um, and I look probably for selfish reasons, sure. I was, I was going through a little thing a few years ago and, yeah. and felt like I was a little stuck and I'm like, you know, everybody gets stuck. Let's start interviewing people and talk about that. And so, yeah. um, yeah, man. So let's start with where you were born and raised. Well, I, you know, I was born in the big city of Fayetteville, Arkansas, Oh wow! And, uh, I've been I've been to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yeah, good college town. Go Razorbacks. Go Hogs. <laughs> so I was born in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas, and and when I was a young kid, my parents moved me to the the uh, big metropolitan area of a town called Osceola, Missouri, and that has a population of seven hundred and fifty five people. So that's where I grew up. That's where I went to school. That's where I went to high school. My graduating class was, I believe, 37 or 39, oh, wow. somewhere in that range. And wow. went, to, went to high school in good old Osceola, Missouri. And, uh, you know, love my town. I love the roots. I love the, the people there. But uh, grateful I, I got out of there and, and kind of got around some different uh, people that were extremely successful and I started seeing what success looked like because I'd never really saw that. I, I, you know, I think I saw my first BMW when I was 19. So I served, uh, I went to college for a year. I played college baseball uh, up in Kansas City, Avila University. And I decided to go on a, on a mission trip for my church. Okay. And I went over to Ireland for two years, two, two years mission trip, a long time. And I saw like my first like luxury cars while I was walking down the road. I saw like BMWs and Mercedes. I le legitly had never seen those before. Wow. You don't really have a lot of those in Osceola, Missouri. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, you know, that, I really like that kind of stuff. And so I got around some successful people and just, you know, what can I learn from these people? How do I become successful? And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for God uh, this day to really kind of put me in that mix around people that were really going places in their lives. Cause it taught me that, Hey, if they can do it, then I just need to learn skills. I need to learn what to do to have yeah. success as well. That's really it. Wow. So, um, two years in Ireland, I, you yeah. know, I, I, Ireland looks beautiful. I've never been there, but it's, it looks, that's, yeah. it's the, that's why they call it the Emerald 
island because it is an emerald, like a green emerald. It just rains all the time, but it's like patty mist. It's like this little mist that is all the time. So you always have to have like this rain jacket on you, like a Gore-Tex <laughs> coat all of the time, no matter where you're at, because it could be sunny and 10 minutes later, it's just misting rain. So you always have to have the, you have to have the Gore-Tex, but it is, the, it is the most beautiful place. I've been to a lot of countries, uh, definitely by far the most beautiful I've been to for sure. So you, you, you went to college for one year, yeah. Played baseball, yeah, um, and then got recruited into the major leagues. I did. I actually got. Uh, I, you know, I. The funny story. I was actually close. Uh, I know. Maybe everybody says that. I know. I didn't say like, oh, I hurt my knee and I didn't make it. I know everybody says that, but um, <laughs> I did get invited to tryouts uh, for the Philadelphia Phillies, the Arizona Diamondbacks. I mean, this is a long time ago. This is like 1997, 1998, somewhere in that range. I'm old now, uh, and also the Atlanta Braves. Uh, wow. this was right after high school, but I never went to those tryouts cause I was scared that if I didn't make it, that it would make me look very bad to my college coach. Cause I had a full ride to, and it's just a division two school, but I was really, really good, especially for a, a D two school. Um, mm. and I, you know, to this day, that's probably one of the biggest regrets I have is I just didn't go and try out because you never know what could happen or the connections you made. And I let fear hold me back from actually seeing if I could actually make it. And that's okay. It wasn't, yeah. wasn't part of my path. Uh, yeah. So I'm grateful for that, but that, that just shows you what fear can, can do to hold you back for sure. It sure can. So, so you, um, you, so you went to college for you. What were you, what, what were you studying? Yeah. So I, uh, so my freshman year, I think I was studying like nothing because I didn't know what was going on. I was, you know, an 18 year old punk kid just playing baseball. So when I got back from my mission, I was 21, a little bit more mature. And my major was in behavioral science and human psychology. So that's what I specialized in. That's, that's kind of, if you Google my name, you're going to learn more about me through kind of what I've learned in human psychology and behavioral science okay. uh, in sales and that type of thing. So what you, something made you decide to not go to college anymore? No, I went back to college after oh. my mission. Yeah. So after oh, my mission, did. I went back to school, okay. um, I did not play baseball. Cause at that point I'm like, look, I'm not going pro. Yeah. I've had two years off. So I need to go to school and I need to learn how to make money. Cause got I got to run some people like, you got to learn how to make money. Who, who yeah. cares about school? Who cares about uh, sports. You're, if you're not going pro, you're just wasting your time. So I went back to school. I went to school out in Utah. I had a bunch of friends that were going out to school in Utah okay. and uh, I majored in behavioral science and human psychology. And that was really the start of my, uh, professional sales career and, and, you know, eventually started my own consulting agency and all those things, bunch of boring stuff. That's not boring. So, so you, you but so you did graduate then from college. I didn't, I dropped out my senior year. Oh, so I have 13 credits left. So I got into sales uh, my sophomore year uh, of college. And, you know, we can go down that path if you want yeah. to, but eventually became extremely successful. Um, yeah. I was a door to door salesman while I was going to college and I was averaging about a hundred thousand dollars a month. I love that. So as a college kid, you can only imagine. I thought it was uh, Donald Trump on steroids that thought I, you know, I had massive ego. It's embarrassing. That was your, that was your income. Yeah, that was my income. Now, let me let me put this straight. So in those days, door to door. So I was going to college. So they had summer programs where they would come into campus and recruit you to go sell like pest control or alarm systems yeah. or just whatever. I chose alarm systems. So it was only four months out of the year you'd work. So I didn't make, I didn't work 12 months out of the year to make that income. I just worked. So you, only, you only made 400,000. But as a college kid, when you make 400,000 in a year, you literally think you are a billionaire at 21 or 22 years of age for sure. That's that's dude. I, I used, I used to be one of the largest alarm dealers in the country. Oh, wow. And we, we monotronics, who were you with? Monotronics. Okay. I was, I was in their top 10 dealers in the nation. Okay. I sold for a company called Pinnacle Security, which was a very large monotronics dealer. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was unlimited security. So, so we we were. I my company was based out of West Virginia, and I and we had colleges everywhere in Charleston. So we did the same thing, man. We'd recruit. That that was me. I was I would have been one of your recruits, except I was in I was in Utah, and they would you know we would go out to different cities in the summer. I sold in Kansas City one summer, Boise, uh, Chicago, Oklahoma City, Indianapolis was a great market. Those were the the markets I sold those those five summers that I did that. It's it's awesome, man. For a dollar a day, <laughs> <laughs> a dollar a day, right? Because it's like thirty nine bucks a month. They do like. Uh, a 36 month agreement. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very familiar with it. So, so, um, wow. Okay. So, and now it makes sense. I understand how you made a hundred thousand dollars a month. So, um, okay. So that, Hey, I want to tell you something though. It didn't start out that way. I, I just want to be, I want to be real with you. Like I, yeah. you know, when I started in that sales job, the company gave us, you know, a script and gave us some books from what I call now the old sales gurus. Yeah. And they told us to go out and knock on doors and you're, you know, you're going to make a lot of money, you know? And so I remember the first day, this is just, it's like it, it's like the day I got married. It's like so fresh in my mind. This was like 20 years ago, back in like 2000, 2001. So they dropped me off on the doors. You know, they take all of us out in a van, right? <laughs> Manager drops you off, says, hey, go make some sales. We'll pick you up after dark, right? And, and in a not so safe neighborhood. Yeah. And so I started knocking on doors and I started talking about the features and benefits of the system and how it's going to help them and protect them and all this great stuff. And it was so cheap and affordable. But I started noticing I was getting all these objections like we can't afford it. We don't need it. Your price is too high. I need to talk to my spouse. Let me think it over. Can you call me back in a week, a month, a year later? Uh, and I got to a point after probably about six weeks of that with barely making any sales. Yeah. I just want to be real with you. Okay. <laughs> I didn't make a hundred grand the first month um, that I thought, you know, maybe selling wasn't for me, you know? And I remember uh, one night specifically, my manager was Kimberly from Kansas city. Hey, Kimberly. So <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I was setting on a curb and the manager's about to pick me up. And I remember crying because I was this 21 year old kid I had, well, actually about 22 then I just got married. Okay. My uh, new wife was pregnant and I'm like, how am I going to pay the rent? Like I'm, I had to be a grown up very, very quickly here. Okay. Not going to frat parties, didn't do anything like that. Like I am a grown up now. I have a kid coming on the way. Okay. And I barely made any money because usually you know, it's straight commission. And I remember the manager, when I got into that car that day, uh, popped in a Tony Robbins CD that actually changed my life. You know, the personal development guru. Yeah. And Tony said something, and I might be butchering this, but he said, he said something like most people fail for the, most people fail in life because they don't learn the right skills necessary to succeed. They right. don't learn the right skills. And that struck a chord to me because I'm like, wait a minute. And he goes on to say that everybody is taught skills. Everybody's taught skills. No matter what you do, you're taught skills. But he said people that fail are the ones who are not taught the right ones. And so I started thinking in my mind, it was like a light bulb went off in my head that maybe what I was being trained by the company and, and what I, like I said, I call the old sales gurus. Maybe they just weren't the right skills. Maybe they were outdated and just didn't work very well anymore because that had never occurred to me that that could even be the case. Right. Um, so that's kind of where my, my story uh, started there. So you, so you, 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 and here's what's interesting. Yeah. You take a, a, a van full of college kids yeah. and you drop them off. And the reason you drop them off in these areas is typically because these areas had recently been in the newspaper for a lot of crime <laughs> or they're, or they're just crime infested all the time. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's like a brand new subdivision and yeah, they yeah. get new stuff. There's, there's the different markets. And, you know, I, I was selling and I, and I would use a lot of these skills from the, the gurus that I, that I would call them. And I would notice that, you know, some of their techniques would work and I, and I would make some sales, but I also noticed a lot of what they trained didn't really work at all. Right. When I used it, I would actually lose sales. And so at that time I was going to college, like I, like I was telling you about, my major was behavioral science with a minor in human psychology. And I was learning from my professors, 
the, you know, this way is, you know, this way over here, we can talk about that in a second. This way is the most persuasive way to communicate. This is right. why people buy, you know, to think more like a buyer rather than a seller. But I noticed that what my professors were teaching me about the most persuasive way to communicate was completely at odds with what all the sales gurus were teaching. And that right. was like a big dilemma in my mind, like, who do I go with? And so what I started doing is I started taking what I was learning from behavioral science and human behavior. How do humans react? How do they make buying decisions? Why do they say no or yes? And how do they come up with objections? Like what's the, not really what's the band-aid, but what, what causes, what causes the problem? Why, why do objections even happen in someone's mind? Right. And I took that and I incorporated that into sales and I started writing out certain questions and I would notice uh, the tonality of people when they would respond to certain words I would say, and I'd have to change the wording of my questions and I would have to put them in different order uh, in, in my sales process and, until I came up with a book of questions that, like I mentioned, quite literally uh, skyrocketed my income and that, that income for the company I was working with. They went from a brand new startup uh, to an Inc, I think top 100 fastest growing companies in the United States within one year. Uh, and then later that company through another company I worked with, Vivint, sold to Blackstone for about $2.4 billion. Um, and a lot of that, you know, they, I still get a lot of credit from, from them, even though I didn't have any stock because I was already gone from the company of really changing that sales process from old, you know, manipulative, like it's us versus the customer, like the customer has your money. That is, if you think like that in sales, you are dead in the water. Okay. And we'll talk about that going to more of a collaborative approach where we're there to solve their problems. Okay. Where there's no confrontation, there's no resistance from the prospect. It made sales easy because people are wondering what the hell I was doing. They're like, wait a minute. I feel like I'm a top salesperson. I make 10 grand a month. Jeremy's on the same doors working the same hours and he's making a hundred. What the hell is he doing differently? Right. And it was just the questions I was asking when I was talking to the prospect. And that's the power of learning the right skills. It completely separates your income as a sales professional. Yeah, dude, that is so incredible. I it's love not, that. It's not that cool, man. Hey, I, I didn't have a rep making a hundred thousand a month. I had, I had reps making in the hundreds of thousands a year, but not a hundred grand a month. So good, good income as a college kid, for sure. Ah, it's a good <laughs> income for anybody. Are you kidding me? Sure. So, so like, wow, man. So you, because here's what happened in, in my company. Yeah the 21 year old kids would sit down on the curb after a long day of banging on doors and getting punched in the face a lot and dogs chasing them and, and everything else. Yeah. And they would cry and then never show up again. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, that's it. They're done. The only thing they didn't have was they didn't know the right questions to ask at the right time in that conversation that caused the prospect to want to engage right the prospect to want to open up and share their problems and the root cause of those problems and how those problems were affecting them. When you learn those skills, it doesn't matter what you sell the product or service. It's all the same. It's just a massive result. What do you remember any of the, any of your opening lines? Uh, as a door-to-door -door salesperson. So the first question you'd want to ask, because we train a lot of companies now that yeah. do door-to-door -door sales. I mean, we train everybody. We train, our largest client is Google AdWords. That was my first corporate client. Wow, good for you. Wow. <laughs> like, holy crap. Because we had, you know, we started the company three years ago and that first year we did all B2C. Uh, and we trained, we, we got 200,000 salespeople on our list now that have purchased some type of product or course or something. And then we're like, we need to start training companies. And so somehow I got introduced to Google by luck or whatever. And so we trained for their, their divisions, but that was definitely nerve wracking going into that company for your first, uh, your first B2B client, I guess, but it was yeah. good. Um, and we'll, we can go into that in a little bit. The result yeah. we got them is pretty awesome. But um, when you, when you knock on a door and I'll be quick, you, you typically, it's a little bit different than if you're, you know, you have an appointment with the lead or if you're cold calling or um, you know, if you're selling more of a complex sale, as you know, door to door is more of a transactional sale. So it's a little yep. bit of a different process. So you're typically gonna knock on the door and what most salespeople say is like, hi, I'm with XYZ security company and we're in your neighborhood to do blah, blah. And you just start talking. 
Yeah. You hope and pray that something you you're going to say is going to somehow trigger that person to magically want to buy from you. I, I right. call most salespeople, most salespeople, and it's not their fault. They have been taught how to be product pushers, right? So when we talk to somebody, we start talking and talking and, you know, we'll ask a few logical based questions about their problems. And then we go into our pitch, right? And we talk features and benefits and, you know, how we have the best, this and the best that, which, you know, by the way, every salesperson says they have the best. Yep. How many salespeople that have sold to you uh, in the last year have said that their product is the fifth best in the market? <laughs> right. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. You always say the best. So as consumers, we built up walls of resistance. When salespeople say those type of things, it goes yep. in one ear out the other because we know that everybody's saying the same thing, right? So I call that uh, the hopium drug. Yeah. Salespeople on where they hope and pray that something they're going to say is going to trigger that person to magically want to buy from them. And it's such a hard and unpredictable way to make a living. So opening line is you're simply knocking on the door if you do door to door and just say, are you the, um, and you almost act confused. I know this sounds kind of weird, but when I, when I was a door to door salesman, I, you know, a lot of the people that were in my company, other companies, I noticed they wear nice fancy watches and gold change and just looking sharp and everything. I wore a pair of khaki shorts the company polo, you know, is either white or blue or orange or whatever. I would wear old man. I called them old man, white new balance shoes that were <laughs> scruffed up where I look like a dork. I would wear glasses with tape on the side. I'm not kidding you. Wow. I wore a tape measure and I wore a construction vest over that an orange construction vest. Okay. Wow. So wow. I look like a dork. But you know what that does with your prospects? Now, you can't do this in a B2B sale, but- Deflate them, man. They're Less resistance. Yeah, it takes down all of it. Takes the resistance down because they're used to going onto a car dealership and everybody's fancy and trying to pressure them and sell them. So you want to create less resistance. So anything I can do to tear down those walls before I even start talking to them, I'm going to do. Because everybody looks official in a, in a, in a, like a you know, little uh, orange vest. Right. Yeah. You respect those people and the tape measure for sure. And the glasses make you look smart. And Did I would just say, say, what's the tape measure for? Well, I would use it because I when I once once they let me in the house, I, I would measure out where their security panel was going to go for them. Got it. Okay. I mean, that's what I did. I measure their windows and, you know, it's official here, guys. <laughs> you simply say in, in kind of a stuttered slow voice, you just say, are you the um, are you the homeowner here? Like confused and like, yeah, I'm the homeowner. Oh, okay. Um, this uh, the 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 tree that you have over there. Do you plan on keeping that there for maybe the next, I don't know, twelve to twenty four months or so? And people, you you would be shocked, but people are like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna keep that tree there, and they just go right into it. And I would ask several questions, and I had this clipboard, like I was like a you know a utility powerman guy. Yeah. I had this clipboard, and I would have the survey that I would write down their answers for it. And so that's how I would start that call. And I'd be into it three or four minutes and they didn't even know I was selling security or anything. And then I would go into asking a, a few questions, you know? Um, yeah. So I was just over and I've got to go soon. I apologize, but I was over here with um, the, uh, the Galapalo uh, family. If you see the sign over there and I would use this, I would literally be in a neighborhood of 12 houses and I would sell eight of them. <clears throat> like literally everybody had the security system and they were all friends and, happy and it was just awesome. And so I'd be like the Galapagos over there, if you see their sign, I had them put their uh, sign over there. And then I would go into how we we're going to give them an alarm system at no cost for advertising for us. And that we were going to have salespeople in their neighborhood in about four months selling these alarm systems and blah, 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 blah. And yeah. it was, I would pretty much almost sell, I would say 70% of the people I talked to and it was whether did they just pass the credit check or not. That's it. That's that's how I did the alarms back in the day. Or higher, <laughs> 580 actually. 580 was, oh, was the, that, we were. I think we were like 600 or 625 and above or something. But yeah. anyways, that's a long time ago. <clears throat> yep. I, I wow, man, that's brilliant. I love it. I absolutely love it. So you you um, how long now did you did this? I know at least one summer. How long did you do it? How many? I did it for five summers. Yeah, I did, did it for, really. I did it for five summers. Um, and at that point, um, the, the company, I was working with a company that's now called Vivint. 
They were yeah. called uh, Apex Alarm. There, they were the largest dealer in uh, state of Utah. Which I, I have, I have a Vivint system. I do too now. I love Vivint. Yeah. Now, I wish you know if I had stayed with Vivint about another four years and and uh, had shares with the company, I would have made about ten million dollars from that. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. They always tease me about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I was with Vivint for five years, and I just you know I got to a point where I was like you know I don't I don't want to do this anymore. I, I want to. Even at that time, this was like 2005, 2006, um, I knew that I wanted to train salespeople because I, I was training all their salespeople. We had thousands of salespeople. I was training, selling. I was a regional manager there. Um, and I knew, I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to bite the curve and figure this out. I want to sell in other industries. So I have experience to say, hey, I've sold in several industries. I didn't just sell door to door. Right. So that's when I got into selling uh, debt relief services. Yep. And uh, within two years of that, uh, my income shot up to 1.3 million a year wow. in uh, commissions. So I got paid like a 10% commission. This was like 2006, 2007 in that range. Yeah. And if you guys remember when the economy was going crazy, the Great Recession, 2008, 2009, I jumped into an industry that was selling uh, what, what they call high ticket uh, marketing conferences. So these were how to market SEO how to market, I think back in those days, YouTube, it was like this new thing, right? And so uh, we were selling packages for like 30 to 50 grand. It was a new industry. I wanted to try it out. And that year, the year of the recession, when salespeople's incomes were getting slashed, people were getting fired because they couldn't sell so hard to sell. That year, I made 2.4 million in straight commission. Good. And so everybody's like, what are you doing? Because like their highest salesperson in the industry made about 400 grand a year. And they're like, you're getting the same leads. You're not working any uh, any more than anybody else. Actually, you're working less. How the hell are you doing it? And it's because I knew the right questions to ask to really help that person uncover their intrinsic why and really the why behind they were looking to possibly change and what the problem was doing to them more emotionally, more on the feeling side. Um, there's a lot more to that, but that's yeah. kind of the story. So... Do you find that because there's a um, a little book that that nobody's ever even heard of this guy? He's out of Australia, does okay. network marketing training, sales okay. training, okay. Um, and his book, little tiny book, is called "Questions Are the Answers." I've not heard of it. I will order it though. It's I don't even know if you can get it on Amazon. Okay. Like I, I you couldn't for the longest time, but anyway. I've always thought, because I, you know, I've done sales training, obviously. I've had thousands of salespeople work for me, but I, I think that that's the number one. And I've said this forever, man. The number one problem with salespeople is they go into what you just said a little bit ago features and benefits. <laughs> and that's what's going to sell it. And it's not, it's the questions and getting the customer to, to tell you why they need your product. You hit it right on the head. You're getting them to tell you why they need the product, but more importantly, they're telling themselves yes. why they need the product. Now, what we train salespeople on is how to become what we call problem finders and problem solvers. Okay, we've you can read any book out there. I've got tons of books in here on sales, yeah. on sales, and it's going to say you need to be great at problem solving. Of course, but if they don't buy from you, you can't really solve their problems. You have to become even better in our day and age at problem finding. And what does that mean? That means asking the right questions at the right time in your sales conversations when you're talking to a prospect that help that person find what their real problems actually are. Because I hate to say it, most of your prospects don't even know they have a problem. Or if they do know they have a problem, they don't even know how bad the problem is or the consequences if they don't do anything to solve the problem. So you have to ask the right questions at the right time that help them find the problem in their own mind that gets them to want to engage and be open to what you're offering. When you learn how to do that, sales becomes simple. It doesn't become frustrating anymore. You don't have to go to bed at night thinking, oh my gosh, they're gonna cancel tomorrow, I pressured them into it. No, they're almost pressuring you to buy from you. Like yep. they're chasing you at that point. You don't have to worry about cancellations. You don't have to worry about buyer's remorse because they have persuaded themselves that they want what you're offering. You have become what I call the trusted authority in their mind. 
And you can't envision going with any other solution, no matter how much you charge for your solution, because they feel that your solution is going to get them the result they want. So your price point looks cheap compared to them getting the result they want. Once you learn those skills, you can sell anything in the world and be the best. Dude, that is phenomenal. So, so you, (laughs) this is, this is actually mind blowing. Hey, excuse me. Do you have a book? Well, I've got plenty of of books. So in our, in our company, we have, we're a corporate sales training company. We, we train obviously a lot of salespeople, but we have manuals. So we have not published these yet for specific reasons. Uh, we are looking into that though. Uh, so we will be publishing. We just haven't decided for self-publishing yet or what we're, what we're actually going to do, but we have several manuals. We have a virtual training course uh, with a company called Lightspeed VT Bradley. I think you might've heard of Bradley, Mm -hmm. a good friend of mine now, but all of our training content is in his uh, virtual training platform Mm -hmm. uh, along with manuals and, you know, scripts and everything that we do for salespeople. That's awesome. That is completely awesome. Do you find that, do you find that the, the questions, um, how do I word this? There's a, there's a, a bunch of different industries, obviously. Right. So do the questions change? Do you feel like they, they change or are they, are there like four basic emotions that, that you're looking for? Is there's, well, so in our, in our sales training company, the reason why we can train any industry and any product and service, because a lot of trainers can only like train insurance because that's all they sold was insurance. So they can only train cars because that's what they sold, or they can only train real estate because that's what they sold. So ours is all structured into a uh, five-step system. Okay. So we teach salespeople first how to ask what are called connecting questions. Okay. And connecting questions um, uh, allow the person to really take the focus off you, the salesperson, it puts the focus on them. Connecting questions help them emotionally want to engage in a two-way conversation to see if you can help them. Got we it. then teach salespeople how to ask what are called situation questions. And these help you find out what that prospect's present situation actually is. How, mm-hmm. how are they there where they're at right now? Right. Okay. Then we ask what are called problem awareness questions. Those open the emotional door to finding out what their problems are, the root cause of the problem, like how it started and how the problem's affecting them. That's when emotions start to come out, okay? Which we can go into later. We then ask what are called solution awareness questions, which help them involve them in their ideas, which strengthens the benefits of them wanting to solve the problem they just told themselves they had. And then we're gonna learn to ask what are called consequence questions, that help them question their way of thinking yeah. and explore the consequences of them not solving the actual problem. Then we're going to transition and we're going to go into how what we do helps them solve the problems they just said they had. And then we're going to ask what are called commitment questions. I don't like the word closing. I, I, I hate the word closing. I see everybody's like, we got the, this course called the outbound closer and the inside closer and the inbound closer and the upside down closer and the sideway closer. And everybody's thinking about closing, closing, closing. And they're only focused on their agenda of them wanting to make money. I hate that. It's like my pet peeve. Yeah. We, we ask what are called commitment questions that commit them to move forward and take the logical next step to actually solve their problems and do that with your solution. So it's a staged question process. And in our training course, it teaches them how to write out their questions for their individual industries. So you're not teaching people how to be the best closer in the world. I'm teaching how to be the best problem finder. I love that, man. When they become the best problem finder, they'll blow out anybody who's a closer. Yeah. Dude, I love that, man. So, so you currently are in, um, I know you're in Kansas or Missouri rather. <laughs> and you're offending me, man, by saying Kansas. No. <laughs> Kansas City's on both sides. My grandfather's buried out there in Independence. I know. I know. <laughs> so, um, so 
do you uh, well i mean the pandemic has changed yeah. a few things sure um but were, have you are you used to traveling a lot and going out and doing do you do public speaking stuff too i do a lot of corporate training events um i had 27 that were the rest of the, yeah. for the year 2020 that were canceled and that's okay yeah. uh, we do a lot of virtual training and we were already going that path anyways because I mean, I can reach more people by doing it virtually than just by going to an event that has 200 people in it for some, right. you know, corporation. And my last speaking event was December 17th in the World Trade Center on the very top floor. I tell you, that thing is like the craziest place. When you look down and you can see like, it makes Chicago look like uh, a town of 500 people. When you look all around at New York, it's insane. I don't know if you've, have you been to the new Freedom Tower? It's, no. Oh, dude, it's it's scary when you're up there. Home. How many how many stories is that? How high up were you? I do I don't even know. I I don't know. Hundred hundred and some. I'm not sure. Hundred and forty. I don't remember. I mean, it's obviously the security is really strict. When you go through there, it takes like thirty minutes to even get in, which is understandable. But yeah, right. It was a crazy thing. That was my last speaking engagement. Um, but yeah, everything's been canceled for this year, and I'm okay with it because I love doing stuff virtually. And this is my home office. I mean, we're sitting here talking in my home office studio. I run a podcast in here now and i i just love it you know i love hanging out and with the yeah. and just chilling you know and you've got that awesome yeti mic hanging there yeah you gotta have the you gotta have the yeti you can't be official yeah. without the yeti you know dude I, i'm <laughs> hey i'm with you see right <laughs> so so um let me make a comment about what you just said if you're open to that yeah I'm, um, here's what whoever's on here like like you know a lot of people say well I don't sell anything. I'm not a salesperson, but here's what I want each of you to understand. We are all in sales now. Yep. It does not matter what you do. Everybody is out there every day with anything trying to influence, convince, and persuade others. Okay. I call, I call that non-sales selling where you're, you might not even have a sales job where you get paid a commission, but you're still trying to influence and persuade, right? Um, you know, I'll give you a few examples. Let's say that you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, and you're trying to get your employees to buy into your vision of where you want to go, where you're trying to persuade, influence, and move others, right? You're in the business of moving others. If you're an attorney trying to convince the judge that your client is innocent, you're trying to persuade influence and move others. If you're a politician, you know, we have all this politics crap. My friends always battle each other. I'm more in the middle. I'm just watching everybody from the sides trying to stay out of trouble. I never comment about politics, but if you're, in po if you're a politician trying to get people to vote for you, you were trying to influence, convince and move others. Heck, if you're an employee trying to convince your boss to give you a pay raise, you are trying to persuade, influence and convince others. So it doesn't matter what you sell or what you do. Uh, learning communication skills and persuasion skills, you really have to have if you want to go anywhere in your life, 100%. Wow. And I, here's what I see that, in, in, you know, in times where the economy is moving, you know, like the last four or five years, it's just been really going up, especially the last three years. It's like been going on steroids with the economic data that we have. Yeah, It's easier to sell in, in times of economic expansion, okay? But in times of economic contraction yeah we're about to experience now we really haven't experienced it that bad yet every shortcoming you the salesperson or business owner has with your sales teams will only be magnified and will result in lost sales for you and your company you have to learn the right skills if you want to learn how to be able to sell to today's cautious skeptical buyer companies are cutting budgets like crazy right now people are restricting where their money's going you have to learn the right skills if you really want to succeed in the next 12 months that's true man so true i saw that uh jerry acuff is is watching or he was at least i don't know if you know him i love jerry yeah he was just on my podcast about three weeks ago jerry's awesome i love jerry uh, he's such a good dude he's a great uh, dude he is and wise man he's wise uh, i'm i'm learning from him yeah so um Man, I love everything that you're saying and doing. I, I, I very kind. I, I really wish you had a book. <laughs> no, we're too. We keep all of our books in our training. We're just. I so know. Crazy, I you love know? it. You know. But but what you're saying is so true, and it's 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 along the lines that 
you know, because the three-day rescission, everybody that's in sales is familiar with the three-day rescission law. And, I, you know, uh, there I always said, because I've sold at thousands of kitchen tables, I've always said, look, you know what? Before we go any further, I just want to make sure that you guys are a thousand percent sure this is what you want to do, because I would never want you to do something that you don't want to do. I'll rip this paperwork up right now and and we'll just call it quits. Never had, never, not once did I have a three-day rescission cancellation. Not once. I like it. And, and so, you know, and it's because I, I made sure. And, and, and again, I, what you're saying with the questions, man, that is so it's, it's gold. We, well, there's a, there's a, there's a methodology behind that. It's my behavioral science background. So we call those neuro emotional persuasion questions in EPQ. Yeah. Neuroemotional persuasion questions. So I took what I learned in neuroscience, behavioral science, Joe Ingram, NEPQ baby. Yeah. Uh, there you go. And incorporated that into sales. And that's really why my sales career took off compared yeah. to other people around me. And really why uh, salespeople that go through our training get massive results. Just in the first quarter, when we trained Google's four division, we got them a 244% uplift. Wow. Now, let me tell you something. When they saw that, they went through um, their KPIs about seven times. And I didn't know this, but when they met us, they didn't believe it. They're like, there's no way this is possible for us, okay? You know how many tens of millions of dollars that is for those four divisions? I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about a massive company. Yeah. So their previous company that they trained them for the last 12 years is the largest sales training company in the world. They've been around since 1969. They are a massive company. Uh, and what, what they did, and we didn't even know this at the time, cause they were just testing me. Like I'm, who's this new kid? Like, what does he know? Um, so they were taking those four divisions we were training. There was about, uh, about 75 to hundred people in each one. So about 400 reps, we got 200 of them, which I thought was just all 200, but at the same time, they were split testing the other 200 with this other company they've always used. Guess what type of results those 200 salespeople got in those three months? They were negative 11%. They actually got worse. It's all the right skills. Because some people be like, oh, sales training is just sales training. No, it's not. No. Sales training can be completely different. If you don't know the right questions to ask at the right time to get that prospect to want to engage with you, to be open to you, to want to conversate and have that conversation, you are a dead fish in 2020. And it's I only going to get worse. Totally agree. Um, here's a great question that Charles Coachman just asked. Do you do this for individual salespeople? Is your training available for individuals? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say 90% of our customers are individual salespeople oh. sell anything. Yeah. I mean, if you go and you, you're, I don't know if you want to, but they're welcome to join our, our private Facebook group. If they want to join, we give free tips, free training in that every single, well, about five days a week. I'm lazy. I don't work on the weekends. What's the, uh, what's the Facebook group? Yeah, Just go to sales revolution. So it's a new one that I just started specifically for people on podcasts and it's called sales revolution. If you look up sales revolution, you'll see like the purple colors. Um, that's me, Jeremy Miner, and my, my business partner, uh, Jackie Yvette. And, um, you can, you can hop in there, um, join that group, send us an invite. We're opening that up here in about two weeks, about a week. I think we're opening that up to the general public. So we haven't let anybody in yet. Got a lot of people on the waiting list which is cool. Revolution. Um, yeah. Did you find it? No, I haven't looked. I, I oh, have okay. popped up on the screen, but what, yes. is there a website? If somebody wanted yeah. to go buy your. Yeah, sure. yeah. So all they need to go through, well, before you buy anything, go through our website, see if it fits into what you're looking for. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'm just not that cool. And you know, hair and everything. Maybe you want somebody who has different hair. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you, do, you do, however, vacation is very exotic. Everybody makes fun of me about my hair, man. I uh, love your hair, man. I love it. I'm just gonna buzz. I'm going Lance Armstrong. You did you did you wake up like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have to have people come in and do my hair every day. <laughs> I'm going Lance Armstrong, man. I'm just buzzing it. I'm gonna buzz it after today. I you love know, it. So if you go to our company website, it's www7 So it's the number seven. TH level, like a, a level. So the number seven TH level, L E V E L 
hq.com. So seventh level hq.com. If you go there, you can just opt in. I think we just put in a free 30 minute training where you could, your people can opt in, see if it resonates with you, with them, our methodology. Um, and they can always schedule a call with one of our account executives where they can go through the platform, see if it fits into what they're looking for, for sure. So the um, private Facebook group. They can do both. Yeah, they can go to the private Facebook group, Sales Revolution. That'll open in a week for them. So if they go ahead and send us a request, we'll open that up for them in a week where they can join. Uh, and they can go to seventhlevelhq.com. There's a free 30-minute training in there about our methodology. They can they opt in for it to see if it, like I said, if it resonates with them. And if it does, they can always uh, learn more for sure. What if the the person requesting is really cool like me and do I get in early? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. I'm we're we're going to give you the manager special, Ken. <laughs> Let me, let me call my manager. I always used to hate that technique. So oh, I know. I people still do that. Like that really works. They, the, this guy, uh, I, we have stories, I'm sure, but I, I had to do that with a window company. I sold, for, I was a number one rep, but it sucked. I hated it's it. So cheesy. I mean, the, the buyer knows exactly what you're, I mean, it just triggers more resistance where they don't trust you. That's all it does. I know it's crazy. So seventh level hq.com. Um, and the sales revolution, private Facebook group, you yep. can send a, a request yep. to join. And, um, my wife said you need to get a book out as a marketing tool. I agree with her. You know, very, we're, we're working on it. I've already got three books written. They're just, you know, we keep them in private, you know, make everybody want them. You're the best kept secret in the world. I love it. I know. There you go. <laughs> we're getting up there. So let me ask you, let me ask you this question because I, I, I do, I'm known as the king of live streaming. I do, I've done 2,200 or so live streams. That's a lot of live streams. I've done a lot of them. Grant Cardone trained me and, and he's a buddy of mine and love it. He taught me a lot of stuff. I love, I love Grant's motivational stuff. He's, he's incredible. So, mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I, um, I've done a lot of live streams. Last night I did one and it was about my course, talking about my course for live streaming training. Yeah. And and I said I said something that you said earlier. I said everybody is in sales. If you own a business and you don't think you're in sales, you probably shouldn't own a business. It's probably going to go out. Literally what I said. It's the truth. Yeah. Right? Cuz we're we're all in sales. Yeah. What do you think though? holds people back. What do you think the number one thing is that keeps people stuck and, and, and not take, cause I've been out and knocked on doors and I don't know if you ever had this happen, but I've had those days where it's like, dude, I'm not knocking on any doors on this street. It's not happening. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to tell you something that is going to be completely opposite of probably what everybody has ever told you when you've asked that question on these live streams. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything about your motivation or, you, you know, you need to, to start really having the right mindset. Let me tell you something. When the prospect opens the door, when the prospect answers the phone, all that motivation and personal development goes out the window. If you don't know the right questions to ask at the right time, that's going to cause that prospect to want to engage with you. It doesn't matter how motivated you are. It doesn't matter if you listen to Tony Robbins 12 hours a day or Grant Cardone. All of it goes out the window if you don't know the right skills. When you learn the right skills, what do you think that does to your confidence? It's up here. Yeah. Okay? Your confidence will only be there if you know specifically what to do on every single sales call. And almost every single company, even large ones that we train, their salespeople read a script and wing it. They wing it and they play the numbers game. I hate that term, the numbers game. Uh, it's only a numbers game because of the way you are communicating with your prospect. You are forcing them. When I hear this thing, I'm completely contrary to my, what, anything you might have heard. When I hear buyers are liars, it just eeks me. Uh, only exactly. lie to you because of the way you're communicating to them that's forcing them to lie because they don't trust you. So you got to get rid of that. And if you don't make a sale, you have to look at yourself and say, 
what did I not ask? What did I not say? What, what did I say that triggered them to not want to go with us? And once you learn how to do that and you can self-analyze and you learn the right questions, you'll be the top salesperson in anything you do. Motivation is great, but it all goes out the window when they open that door, pick up that phone, and you have to perform. God, that's freaking awesome, man. That's awesome. I'm going to say everything opposite than maybe what you've heard before. No, that, that was awesome. I'm, you know, everybody, I mean, when everybody number, zigs, I zag. Number one answer to that is fear. Um, but I think what you said is 1000% true. You're going to have fear and not, and you're going to have seller's remorse. I call it. If you don't have the skills, you only have fear. If you don't know what to ask, if you don't know That's what to right. do, if you know exactly what to ask and do to control that conversation and will them any way you want them to, you really don't have any fear. Selling is really easy for you. It's like getting out there and just going on a Monday morning jog. I mean, it's not hard. Dude. Wow. Jeremy, you rock, dude. Thank you. I appreciate you taking You're the time. Kind. You're too kind. I, I know that uh, you, you are on a tight schedule, so I don't want to keep you, man. Thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom. Everybody. Go to seventhlevelhq.com. You said there's a little opt-in thing yeah. for some free training. See mm -hmm. if it, you know. Yeah, see if it fits um, what you're looking for. I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe I'm stupid, you know, all the things I'm saying. <laughs> you're far, far from stupid. Hey, hang, hang on. I'm going to end this. Jeremy, thank you, man. Thank you. I really appreciate hey, it. Ben, it was a pleasure being on here. Uh, I've heard a lot of great things about you. Uh, mostly great things. I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I always like to say that. Oh, hey, we all have haters, man. I, I know, right? Um, no, so it's, uh, I, I enjoyed being on here. Uh, anytime you want to have me on here, I would love the opportunity to be on here. I, I could probably stay on here about five hours and talk to you today, but we, we're going on a staycation. You know, we're not flying anywhere because of COVID now, so we're just driving a couple hours away. That's, that's vacation in summer of 2020 in the United States. In, in Missouri. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, Missouri is like the safest place to be in right now. We don't like in our, in our County of like 400,000 people, we've got like 80 cases. So yeah. it's like, you know, man, if you live in Florida and you think it's awesome in the beach or Arizona or California, Missouri is the place to be right now. It is. But don't come here. Yeah, no. Yeah. Everybody stay <laughs> don't out. Bring it, don't bring it with you. Dude, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. Stay, hey, if you would, stay with me so we can chat for a couple minutes and then uh, I'm going to go ahead and end this, man. Thank you. Appreciate you, man.